0: Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearcchurch.com or download our app, available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. Let me ask you a question this morning. If you had to rate your level of peace in your life on a scale of one being are you kidding me? I'm in the middle of the Ukrainian war in my life. And 10 is I'm one step below heaven in terms of peace. Where are you? Are you a two or a three or seven? We used to have an employee that we would ask him to rate his performance over the quarter. And he used to give himself scores like 9.4, 9.6. Like you better watch it. They crucified the guy that hit 10. But uh, you wanna, Where are you? And that you want to tell me this is for you. But here's the good news wherever you are, whether you're a two or a three or a seven or an eight, with God there's always more. And it can always get better. So this morning I want to talk about on the path to peace peace being the tranquility, the peace, the calmness, the rest that so many people are pursuing in life, so many people are looking for. It's something we long for, something we're made for. Now, a lot of times people in their pursuit for peace will look to something external. And this is where often you'll see people abuse drugs or abuse alcohol. Man walked into a bar and he was the only one in there. Stressful day. He walks in, he orders a beer and he sits down. He's kind of nursing his beer when he hears a high-pitched voice go, you look great in that shirt. He looked around, he couldn't find anybody. He thought, I must be hearing something. Continued to nurse his beer, and a few minutes later, he heard that voice go, you seem like you're a really cool guy. And he's looking around, now. there's no one in the bar but him and the bartender. And uh, he's thinking, man, I, I might need to get some professional help here. I, uh, th- this is not good. So he gets his nerves calmed down, and just when he gets into a, a calm place, he hears that voice again. I bet your parents are really proud of you. And finally, He slams his beer down on the bar and he says, bartender. He said, am I going crazy? I'm hearing voices. Where are the voices coming from? Bartender, he's just cleaning up. He said, oh, don't worry about it. He said, it's the peanuts. They're complimentary. <laughs> hey, listen, we're coming up on Father's Day. I'm working on my dad jokes, all right? So we're... But I will tell you, I will tell you this. You drink too much and the peanuts will talk to you. That's a, a lot of people, they look to externals. They're looking at something on the outside, something, and it might be, like I said, they abuse drugs or alcohol. Maybe it's the idea of, of gaming or just to escape from something. Looking for something external to give them peace internally. People look for meditation and mindfulness. That kind of his. Grown over the past 10 or 15 years, mindfulness, this idea that I begin to empty my mind of thoughts. And I understand there is a connection there. If you get rid of the, the anxious, negative thoughts, it can create a level of peace. Biblical meditation, though, actually is much more powerful because you're not emptying your mind of thoughts, you're filling your mind with God's thoughts. And those are powerful. That, that's, a, that's a great way to go. And then so many people are chasing the illusion that they're going to get to a place in life where there are just no more problems, where the problems are all gone, where it's just like everything in their life is good. There is that place. It's called heaven and you have to die to go there. Here, we're gonna have to deal with the the fact that we're we're dealing in life and there's challenges all around. But God's plan for his people is peace. And I want to show you a wonderful verse. It's a couple of verses out of the book of Isaiah. This is designated what God wants for us. Found in Isaiah 32. It says, the work of righteousness will be peace and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. Leave that up there just for a second. That word righteousness means in right standing. Being in right standing with God. And and that's what Jesus did for us because of his sacrifice when you received him. So if you're reading that, go, yeah, I wish I was righteous. If you've made him your Lord, you are. And so now it's just a function of learning to live that out. But here's the effect of it. Knowing that you're a right standing with God is quietness and assurance forever. My people will dwell in a peaceful habitation in secure dwellings and in quiet resting places. Though hail comes down on the forest and the city is brought low in humiliation. I said, well, why'd you put the last part in? Because the peace of God is a different kind of peace. Instead of having everything out here peaceful, when you have God's peace in you, you can have things out here not be so good, but you can have a peace and a calmness and an assurance on the inside. That's, a, that's God's peace. In fact, the Bible calls it a peace that passes understanding. It's a wonderful peace. One of the best ways I can describe it is is in my television watching, I don't have a chance to watch a lot of TV. Well, not a lot of TV I wanna watch. And so I like documentaries and I like live sports events. But a lot of times in my schedule, I can't see them, so I tape them. And so, and I'm a big home, I tape the Astros, or and I uh, used to tape the Texans, but the agony was just got too much. I tape, <laughs> I tape you know, I the, the, forgot the Rockets. And, and so, but, I would, now I'm a Duke basketball fan, and so I grew up with that. And man, I'm one of these interactive type people. When I, when I watch a game, I'm helping them. <laughs> you ever do that? You ever help them? Yeah. You, you ever talk to them like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't, no, oh, what are you? Yeah, I'm interactive. Joy, Joy's interactive, but she's annoying. She, <laughs> She, come, she comes up a lot of times in the fourth quarter if the game is real tight, and she'll go, is your team winning? I'm like, you are not allowed to talk to me in the fourth quarter of any ball game. It's off limits. That's how we stayed married for 42 years. Don't do it. But I'm interactive. I, 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 like, I like doing that. But here's the deal. A lot of times I can't see the game, so I tape them. And... My staff knows. Don't don't tell him what the score was. Don't do, don't do not. If you want to continue to work here, do not tell him the score. But then some well-meaning, beloved brother or sister is like, "Oh, did you see the game? It was great. The Astros won." I'm like, "Thank you." But when I watch it now, I'm not tense. Remember in the World Series when the Astros were winning? The, man, there was some tense ball game. But I was not tense. I was chill. I was calm. They got behind, I'm okay, because I knew how it was going to turn out. So regardless of what was going on there, I had peace in here because I knew how it was gonna turn out. That's just like the peace of God. You can have all kinds of stuff going on out there, but you know how it's gonna turn out. You know God's going to help you. You know you're in right standing with him and you got peace in here. And all hell can break. So when the hell comes down in the forest, I'm thinking, I've had the hell come down in the forest before, but I've had peace in the middle of it. The work of being in right standing with God is peace. That's what he wants. Now there's a great story in the Bible of a man who led a whole kingdom into peace. The na- nation of Israel split after Solomon, and they split into Israel and Judah. And King Asa is the king of Judah. Judah was the, was the part of the nation that typically did better. Israel, man, they, they went south fast. But Judah was doing pretty well, and Asa was a good king. But I want you to see what he did, because there was peace in the land, but there were reasons for that. Let's read here. Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God, for he removed the altars of the foreign gods and the high places and broke down the sacred pillars and cut down the wooden images he commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to observe the law and the commandment. He also removed high places and the incense altars from all the cities of Judah, and the kingdom was quiet under him. And he built fortified cities in Judah, for the land had rest. He had no war in those years, about 10 years, because the Lord had given him rest. Therefore he said to Judah, let us build these cities and make walls around them and towers and gates and bars while the land is yet before us, because we sought the Lord our God. We have sought him and he has given us rest on every side. So they built and they prospered. This is a great pattern. It's a great story because Asa was a a good king. And every time you see that phrase, he did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord, things always turn out good. You'll read about the different kings and you'll you'll hear the scripture say, He didn't do what was right. And usually that's like, "Mm -mm, that's not good. Asa did what was right. And it was a blessing. And the the people were blessed. So he lived with a higher standard. He lived looking to please God, not please men. And that was his, that's how he got going. As a king, all these pressures, all these things, he said, I'm going to do what's right in God's sight. And he did three things. He implemented three things in the nation that were really, really good. First, he removed all the false gods and the idols and the altars and the places of worship to other gods. It's amazing with Israel is they would they would start off good and even when the nations split, they're all doing well, and somehow the idols and the gods from these other nations would slip in. And all of a sudden they look up and they've got idols and images of Baal and Asherah and all these foreign gods. And so Asa said, they're going. He had a whole crew going around, taking out those idols, removing everything. And he, basically what he's saying is this, we're, a, we're God's people. We only serve one God. He's our God. Ever, all this other stuff has got to go. So he removed everything that was hurting the nation. And then he commanded the people to seek God. He said, man, don't be seeking these, these idols that can't do anything for you. We want to honor and respect God. We want to acknowledge him as the creator and the source of all things. Let's focus on him. And then he said, want you to obey the law and the commandments. So he brought people back to God's word. Now he did these things. He said, well, man, those are fairly stringent things. Yeah, but we read where and God blessed them and gave them rest and gave them quiet and gave them peace and during the time there was rest and quiet and peace, they were able to build up and get stronger. So much easier to get stronger when you're not having to fight at the same time. And they got stronger as a nation. And everything they did, God calls them to be successful. Man, that's good. That's good stuff. You said, well, why are we reading that? Because there's, a, there's a, a tendency in people, in us, in all of us. We want to know what successful people did to be successful. You ever notice you read in business publications and they'll give you the habits of successful people for example Elon Musk I believe he right now well it depends on how the stock market did Friday but he's the richest man in the world I think he's worth like 140 some billion dollars so everyone's like hey what does he do well he gets up early he skips breakfast and then he divides his day into manageable time limits everyone goes oh I want to do that Bill Gates another billionaire multi-billionaire. They say Bill Gates, when he's brainstorming, would rock back and forth in his chair. And that, he said that kind of helped him focus and think. And that impacted all the, the Microsoft culture. What? People wanted to do that. They wanted to follow that. Charles Dickens carried a compass around. Remember, he was the author. And, and he would carry a compass around because he wanted to sleep facing north. He thought that would help him. Beethoven would take 60 coffee beans and grind them for his cup of coffee. Not 59, not 61, 60. And we read these little things and we go, oh, maybe if I do that, I'll be successful. Maybe if I rock back and forth, I'll have some great ideas. Maybe if I get up early and we we begin to think because there's something in us that says, I want to do what they did to be successful. Well, the Bible gives us person after person and it shows us example after example of what they did to be successful. I want to follow the people that win. I want to follow the ones that did a good job and Asa, Gives us a great pattern. He had peace, he had rest, he had quiet. What's he doing? Can I do the same thing? Yes. Can you do the same thing? Absolutely. And here's the deal. You say, well, Asa was a king, and he did that in his kingdom. Well, in a sense, you're the king of your kingdom. In other words, you're the one that has the biggest voice in your kingdom. Someone may make you do something, but they can't make you like it. You hear people say, Well, you know, Alan, I don't live with a bunch of I live with a bunch of people that nobody loves God. Nobody cares about God, but you can't. They can't make you not do that. You hear people say, I work with, man, the people. I hear people say, I work with the most heathen, lousy, ungodly people in the world. And I'm like, praise God. And they're like, what? And so I'm glad you're there. Cause you don't have to be that way. You're the king of your life. You're the king of your kingdom and you can make a difference. And if Asa did, you can do it. So let's find out what we can do. And this is what he did. So here's the first one. You wanna begin to live like God is real. So, well, I thought he is real. He is real, but we need to live like it by, by what? By having an awareness of him, by creating an awareness that he's real, that he sees, that he knows, that he's good, that he knows what's going on. Have you ever noticed that people typically Act better when they come in church. I mean, you might have been in the parking lot, and maybe you were angry and cussing when you came in the parking lot. And when you get in church, you stop cussing. <laughs> Theoretically, I'm, I'm just speaking high behind. But the, a, a lot of times, people stop why? Because they've come into church, and they come into church like whoosh, whoosh, you don't you don't cuss in church. You cuss out there, but we don't cuss in here because God's here. Oh, oh, come on, don't look so innocent. Y'all a real innocent. <laughs> hey, listen, Joy and I, years ago, when, when we went to Lakewood, we had about a 40-mile drive. You, you know, you, could, you get three kids ready, you get them in the car, you're getting, it, it can be a high-stress situation, and you can launch a fight within 40 minutes. And man, we'd be going down the highway, just rah, 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 rah. we pull into the church parking lot, rah, rah, rah get out and close the door, thump, and we're just like, i in church now. Hey, brother, how are you? Praise God. Good, good to see you. Yes, hallelujah. It's all good. It's good. You know what I'm talking about. You walk in like you've been beating your child. All the- oh, oh, it's all good. And Joy would know it. And invariably, I would get through about the second worship song and apologize. Why? It's because I became more aware of God. When I'm worshiping and I'm praising Him, I would, Joy could almost set her clock by, he's like, well, he's gonna apologize about right now. And sure enough, I would turn to her and say, I'm sorry, why? Because I begin to live with Him in mind. And when we begin to live with Him in mind, it changes how we live. And guys, listen, He's not just real in here. He doesn't just see you. I know, I see my back row people. You know, He still sees you on the back row. It's not like we're gonna sit way in the back where God can't see us. No, he sees you. But a lot of times people feel like, well, God only sees me if I'm in here. No, 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 he sees you when you leave here. He sees you in the morning. He sees you when you go to work. He sees you at night. He's with you all the time. Now, when we begin to seek him, what we're doing is we're acknowledging him in our life. Bring him in, read his word, pray, talk to him, treat him like he's real because he is real. The Bible said, without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He'll reward. So we're, we're seeking and focusing on a God who's real. So we're going to do like Asa. Asa had a higher standard. We have a higher standard. We're going to act like God is good and he's real to us. Here's the second thing we want to do. Put away what does not belong in our lives. There are things that are holding you back, and hurting your spiritual life, and they're hurting your peace, and they need to go. Here's in Ephesians, it's great scripture, that you put off concerning, and he's writing to the church, so he's writing to believers, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness. And holiness created according to God. You put off the old man, begin to put off the new. In other words, you begin to put off the things that are hurting you, the things that are causing you problems. When I came back to the Lord uh, 40, 40 some years ago, I remember praying. And man, I'd, I'd just gotten, I won't go through the long story, but I really, I came back to the Lord. I'd been praying. I was out there on the golf course running. And, Talking to the Lord, committing my life to him. And when I came back in my house, I went immediately to my pantry and I got the box where I kept all my weed and all my, my marijuana paraphernalia and I walked it out to the dumpster and I threw it away. And this wasn't last week. This was this was this was. <laughs> this was forty some years ago. This don't get nervous. But here's. Here's the thing. I thought, you know what? I'm a believer now, and I knew that weed had no place in my life. And so I grew up Baptist. My parents were Baptist. They were Shiite Baptists. They were serious Baptists. I mean, they did not drink, smoke, cuss, or go around with the people that did. They were like, they were focused, and I knew that. But so what am I doing? I'm putting off the old. But you know, it's not just a function of putting off those external things. It's also a function of putting off the anger and the judgmentalness and the criticism and the unforgiveness, and we're constantly in the process of putting things off. And then what are we doing? Well, we're learning to live like what we've been called because it said we're a new creature created after God in, in righteousness. Remember that word, righteousness? The effect of righteousness is peace. We're created after God in true righteousness and holiness now you never never thought of yourself that way but that's how god thinks of you and so we the third thing is we're beginning to practice the things that we know to do we put on the new man now you say well what is that well if you read all through the scriptures they're talking about things like moral excellence there are so many defiling things out there now and it's just it, we're surrounded by it but it doesn't mean we have to it doesn't mean it have to be in our life Moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, love. These are things that we can begin to put into our lives because that's who we are. In 1964, a movie came out, became a classic. starred Audrey Hepburn and Rex Harrison. It's called My Fair Lady. My Fair Lady, the premise of My Fair Lady was Rex Harrison played a professor in London, England who was a linguistics, a phonetics professor, who believed that he could take a working class girl with a cockney accent and teach her how to talk differently and how to to walk differently and how to act like a member of British high culture society. And he said he had a bet going that he could turn a working class girl into someone that could fool British high society. Audrey Hepburn was the one they used. And so they brought her in and the whole movie's premise was built around taking this girl and begin to teach her differently how to walk, how to talk, how to act, how to dress. And sure enough, he turned her, of course, if you're working with Audrey Hepburn, that gave you a big advantage, but he turned her into a really class and, and British British high society was just amazed by her and this thought is amazing in fact an aristocrat fell in love with her it's a great years later they did a movie called Trading Places with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd kind of works on the same premise my fair lady is a lot more innocent okay but the premise is there someone who wasn't who wasn't high society became someone who looked like high society makes a good movie but we've got a better deal you see, when you made Jesus your Lord, you didn't just get cleaned up from being an old sinner. You know what the Bible taught? You hear people say, well, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Well, you're, you're halfway right. You were an old sinner. You were saved by grace. But now you're not an old sinner anymore. Now you're a new creation. You've been spiritually recreated. You've been born again. You've been made and created after God in righteousness and true holiness. And so now this is not a function of And so many people think Christianity is so negative. You just can't do anything fun. You just can't act that way. No, we're putting off these old things because that's not who we are. We're children of the living God. We're royalty. We walk before God with righteousness and holiness because that's what he made us. Just like a parent will look at his child and go, don't do that. You're in our family. That's beneath you. This stuff is beneath us. The stuff that holds us back is beneath us and we're learning to live on a higher level and in that higher level there is the peace of God so all you're doing is living like what you is and you is a new creation you is you is brand new you're created to walk with God you're created to show his glory to a generation that needs it so much here's the last one your peace in your life can grow and and i love that the peace in your life paul wrote the church at philippi he said the things you've learned and received and heard and saw in me these do and the god of peace will be with you you say well i thought the god of peace was with me all the time he is but god's peace will start to manifest in your life in a big way and the more you begin to realize that man it can walk through your life it's so wonderful i remember when before i knew the lord i was i was very much i would call high strung and I would lie down in bed at night, even as a teenager. And I would lie down in bed and I would, I would just go through things in my head. And I'm just running through what I should have said, what I'd done, what, what should have happened. And a lot of times I couldn't sleep because of all the, the thoughts that are just buzzing around in my head. And I remember after I made Jesus my Lord, one of the first things that hit me is the ability to go to sleep because for the first time I had peace in my life. For the first time I had that peace. And here's the beautiful thing. That was a peace. but over the years, as it's like Joy talked about, you begin to walk with the Lord and that peace and your life can begin to grow. And oh guys, we need pe- people, we need a people who have peace. We're living in negative times. We're living in dark times. We're living when people are anxious and they're upset and they're worried and we need to be a people who can rise up and go, I know something you don't know and you maybe not, may not know my God but I know him and we're going to be okay. Well, everything's going to hell in a handbasket. Not me. I'm not going to hell in a handbasket. Neither is my family. Neither is this church. We're going to continue to go with God and his peace can just, just begin to, to manifest in our life while oh, people are looking for it and they'll see it in you. Because God's peace is available to you. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? Peace starts, God of peace, peace of God, it starts by knowing him. It starts by having a relationship with him. If you've never made Jesus your Lord, man, this would be a great day to do it. If you've been away from him and you know in your heart you've gotten away from him and you're thinking, man, I need to I need to come back. This is a great day to do that as well. We're going to say a prayer and we're not going to have you stand up or come to the front. Sitting right in your chair, watching online. This prayer is for you. And so you can pray this prayer with us. We're going to pray it out loud. I'm just think whole church family is going to pray. Before I do that, I'm going to ask you one thing. If that's you, either one of those situations applies to you and you say, Alan, I know I need the Lord in my life or I know I need to come back to him. I want to be in on these prayers. Would you pray for me? Shoot your hand up real quick across this auditorium. Thank you. 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 Appreciate your courage. Thank you, you put your hands down, we're gonna pray. Maybe you you did not lift your hand, you wanted to. You can still pray this prayer with us. We're gonna pray it with you as a church family. You're watching online, obviously I can't see you if you're by yourself, pray this prayer out loud. If you're with others, pray it quietly. We're gonna pray it out loud here. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ. Because I said yes to you. Now, the heads are still bowed and eyes are closed. Father, thank you for those who prayed that prayer, for those who have come out of spiritual darkness into the light, and for those who have come back home. We rejoice with them, we're glad for them. And Father, for those who know you, who have walked with you, I pray for those right now who are really dealing with no peace in their life, or just such a low level. Thank you that your peace is available. Thank you that there's a path to peace in their lives, for the ones who can't sleep, for the ones who are anxious, for the ones who are just bottled up with fear. Thank you, Lord, that you love them, you care for them, and you have a way for them to walk in your peace. Thank you for that, in Jesus' name, amen, amen.